listening to Grumpire, your hosts, LB and Andrew. Hey, LB. Hi, Andrew. Chilling time, chilling time. Chilling time. Okay, that's the newest jingle from LB over here. The newest jingle because she's just the queen of jingles. Chilling time refers to me plugging our tea public. So you go to tpublic.com slash user slash grumpire and buy our wares. Now, right now, eh, there's a big old sale going on until the 19th of December that I'm dating this episode, but it's important. Have you met this episode's parents yet? Yes, I'm dating this. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's official. And there's only one festive shirt on here. And it references Silent Night, Deadly Night. I'm pretty proud of this design. I did it way back in 2020. But uh, it's pretty good and ridiculous. So you can get that if you wanted to be all festive for 2022. Because I'm sure it would come after the holidays if you get it this late. So tpublic.com slash user slash grumpire. Shilling time over. Okay. Hey, Andrew, do you remember that time maybe like... 12 years ago or something when we were in Nashville and I I don't really know how but we somehow got on the guest list to a show. Hmm. Do I remember getting on a guest list to a show in Nashville? <laughs> there was a Real Big Fish show that we didn't get on a guest list to. Then there was an MC Lars show uh-huh. because I tried to strike up a rapport with MC Lars. And I think I succeeded enough to get on the guest list. And um, then we didn't go. Yeah, we didn't go. And I really don't remember why we didn't go except I just probably really did not want to go to Rocket Town. <laughs> if it was Rocket Town? I'm pretty sure. Well, if it was Rocket Town, yeah, I, I think maybe um, <laughs> by then there had been some perceived bad blood between Rocket Town and Jemetsko. Well, also uh, Rocket Town was just lame. Well, yeah, okay, but I had never been, and I was going to do a mural for Rocket Town and mm-hmm. Journeys, and I asked them if they were going to provide paints and materials because this would be my first mural and they cold feet me big time they were like oh well uh forget it then i was just asking a question dude just asking a question <laughs> i'm pretty sure a big company like journeys could give you right some paints i was just asking i was hey, just asking i don't i don't want all the materials to come out of my pocket i mean mm-hmm. probably does come out of other artists pocket but it, this would have been my first and only mural and yeah well they're lost and so I think maybe we had a little stink eye at them. Or, LB, this is just possibility. Yeah, you probably didn't just want to go to Rocket Town because it's dumb. <laughs> and perhaps you were just like, I'm tired. I've been on my feet all day at Bob and Stereo being uh-huh. boss. So, yeah. something like that. <laughs> I think we've maybe redeemed ourselves for skipping out on that because guess who yeah. we have on the show today? Andrew Nielsen. Wait, who's that? Michael Lars. Actually, just MC Lars, but I do the disrespectful thing and call him Mick Lars, which he, <laughs> you'll hear, is just A-OK with because this is... The, one of the most even-tempered, nicest fellows we've ever talked to. Yeah. So MC Lars is a nerdcore rapper. Do you remember the boom in nerdcore rap in the mid-2000s? Yeah. Yes. Not to bring it all about me, but I did try my hand in some nerdcore without intending to be nerdcore. It just happens that my You're crap is really dorky. No, it's just more <laughs> dorkcore, I suppose, but yeah. it, it would... St- still like in tangent like i have a song about a giant robot so i mean that would be nerdy right so mm-hmm. yeah never did i aspire to be as mc lars has been or mc front a lot or schaefer the dark lord those are the three i know no mega ron i don't know i don't know i, I don't really follow the genre so much but i do listen to mc lars in sort of cycles yeah mc lars is smart he he does these raps that are very very much based in literature well the term is lit hop and he ah. is the self-proclaimed originator of lit hop or at least one of them he's the self-proclaimed king of lit hop i said originator but this is all from wikipedia so i don't know <laughs> okay 
<laughs> He's a big brain. He really is. Yeah. I remember you saying once that you wish that you had heard his version of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven because he raps The Raven. Yeah. You wish that you had heard that growing up so that you would have a better hold on how that poem goes. Well, a better... I, I did have to recite that poem in high school, early years of high school, and it would have helped me retain the the rhythm the meter and yeah. all. it would have re- helped me re- just retain it much right. better because i did try to do it to a beat once upon a midnight dreary while i wander you know but it gets monotonous yeah. it sounds so if i did it I, it would have just been punctuated with mr mr raven yeah. you know and that part isn't actually part of the poem <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so i would have gotten a d yeah well you know people may roll their eyes at the idea of nerdcore rap but i say anything that might help kids like learn about literature and, and things like that more easily hey i'm all for it yeah well at least just exploring ideas right a- right exploring actual ideas because that's what nerdcore really does it's not just uh, doing robot stuff it's a lot of pop culture references but it also really does when you get into the smarty brains part of mm-hmm. that genre it really does examine things that take brains to understand it's not party 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 it's like not philosophy yeah it's not gangsta stuff where it's just about getting yours mm-hmm. but it's about understanding ideas and that's actually what i'm really here for yeah so we have mc lars on the show today and he is uh telling us about a couple of movies and talk about understanding ideas he brought us a couple of like what i would call dumb movies but he has some pretty smart perspectives on them so uh, i'm very happy with this episode yeah and it's a bonus because we were only going to do one this month but here you go happy holidays hello there mclars <laughs> andrew yeah, well you're andrew too oh my gosh or is that is that a it's a secret uh, we can't it's talk about that no, we could Wikipedia not, quickly will reveal a, that, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yes. I was gonna mention the Wikipedia thing. So why don't you like half baked? Oh! If you're offended by tasteless humor, <laughs> half baked is not for you. I'm sorry! But for the rest of us, <laughs> it's the feel-good comedy of the year. Oh! Half baked. Rated off. He's coming with me. I feel like half baked has, I think, things about mainstream comedy that people still find funny that I never particularly did, and I don't want to seem elitist or unappreciative, but I think that like some of the jokes in this movie don't, didn't age well, but also the kind of jokes you still see in a lot of movies. And just whenever people talk about how great this movie is, it's one of those movies where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I love that movie. <laughs> it hasn't aged well. I saw it for the first time all the way through on your recommendation. Your anti-recommendation. Well, your is I don't like it. Right. <laughs> but I still had to know what you're talking about. So, Elby, was this your first time? Oh, no, no. I saw it? it when it came out. Oh. Yeah. I didn't think it was that great back then. And I definitely don't think it's that great now. So... I'm just going to throw my two cents in there real quick, which is I think Dave Chappelle has a good voiceover delivery throughout the whole movie. That's very good. There was one joke that I did like, and it was the whole scene where they're fighting all the henchwomen and the lady's boob falls out and they pause and they all look and they say the thing. And that's just a juvenile joke in itself. And it's kind of funny. But the funniest part is when the villain screams and covers his eyes. That's the only thing in the movie that I got to laugh. That's true. It is. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. That's my positive about the movie because I do not like this movie at all. I just don't really like stoner humor. You know, it was never really a thing for me. I was 14 when the movie came out. So like, it seems like it should be ripe for me, but it just really just did not ever hit any kind of sensibility that I was fond of at all. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like the first time I saw Dave Chappelle was the rapping intro on Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy I went to school with in fifth grade. I went to a Catholic school. This kid was a year older. He was Jewish and he became a rapper and his rapper name is Mostel and he wrote this song called Holy Smoke. It's a weed song that he recorded when he was like a teenager. Everyone loved it. It passed it around on mp3.com and it was like, yo, Adam made a song. But he has a line where he goes, I'm half-baked like Dave Chappelle. And I didn't know 
the reference. I didn't know who Dave Chappelle was. I hadn't remembered he was the rapper from Robin Hood Men in Tights. And I didn't know about this movie. So that was like 2002. And so then when I saw this, like a poster for this movie somewhere, I was like, oh, Dave Chappelle, this is the guy my friend <laughs> rapped about in his stoner song. And so that was like my introduction to it. And but like this movie did launch Chappelle, mm-hmm. right? And like he is definitely the star of this, like playing Thurgood and the and the Smokes a Lot rapper guy. And like he's such a the, doing the voiceover he's such like the reason he gives the movie some redemption because he's just like a comedic force as even though he's co- a controversial figure now and like maybe problematic in some ways but he is like definitely a talent and the fact that this launched him gives this movie an interesting place in comedic history I think I think that's right. worth so after you know? this he did the Chappelle show right or was it in tandem I don't recall probably like a few years after yeah, I think right so. well, Chappelle show was like oh four okay yeah. wow so time is weird <laughs> I know. Strange. I know. I don't want to dominate the conversation, but like there's things, specific things about it. No, you're supposed talk. to. Okay. This is your voice. This is the only platform in which you have a voice. The, so there's all this stuff when Harlan Williams goes to jail, there's all the, the prison mm-hmm. rape mm-hmm. jokes, right? And like, oh, yeah. That's still, that's still, I feel like people make jokes about that, but then they also joke about how it's inappropriate. But I think it's cool that Tommy Chong right. is the guy who saves him in the prison, like this old school yeah. stoner guy. Like, I thought that was funny. Like, and also, that there's the famous lines like the Bob Saget line about mm-hmm. when they're in um, recovery yeah. about what he mm-hmm. did Coke. for cocaine and the Scarface character yeah. saying F you F you right. you're cool F you I'm out that is like so classic yeah, right? people quote that a lot right yes all the time and I, I gotta go back to Tommy Chong yeah there's a beat in the story which in which it it seems like Tommy Chong, unless I blanked out and it did reveal, it seems like Tommy Chong is going to be Rachel True's dad. I don't, I don't know about that. Mm. You you said that, and I was like, that wasn't I in the don't movie at so. all. No, I was predicting that because she's like, my dad's a drug uh-huh. dealer, and it's Tommy Chong, famous for pot humor and all mm. this. So I figured they were going to bring that back around. It is very conventional <laughs> storytelling <laughs> to do that. Yeah, but they just abandoned that, and that means that Mary Jane. Potman would have been right. biracial, right? Like she would have, right? And that's that would have been that would have been like an interesting twist. I thought her, it's interesting that like this movie plays with this trope of like marijuana mm-hmm. is a gateway drug and people are sanctimonious about it. It will destroy your life. Her character being so like judgmental makes her kind of annoying. But also it's weird that at the end, like spoiler alert, Chappelle stops smoking in order mm-hmm. to right. please her and be in a relationship with her. And it's like, well, what what's the <laughs> right. message here? Are you not supposed to smoke weed? Are you supposed to change yourself to please someone who's judgmental and like yeah. a toxic relationship potentially or not? I don't know. Like that, all that, it's just like, it, ra- it gets wrapped up really neatly. Oh, and the other thing is when, um, when, Harlan Williams gets sentenced he then gets bailed out but like can you only be bailed out before you go to court can you get can you get thrown in jail and then someone can give the jail a bunch of money and you can get bailed out oh, after yeah. like if you're sentenced you can't be bailed doesn't out. he get sentenced though the judge hits the gavel oh that's right you killed oh, right. the horse blah 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 that's and then right. they're like we gotta bail him yeah. out and he's in the prison he's in the prison like he's in right. the shower so how could you bail someone out that but anyway that's that's <laughs> yes yeah. spending disbelief but you have to remember this we're movie talking is about literally half baked <laughs> right like, which the plot, is also the script, everything about it is half baked <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and the director is Tamara David, who is a music video director, and she's directed a lot of movies. Some of them are, are pretty entertaining or interesting or, or fine, if not good. But then a lot, a lot, a of, lot them of them are, are Billy Madison. Good, like this one. <laughs> all, wow. all of the rest of the movies yeah I know. she has like 18 20 movies that she's made they're all billy madison yeah i'm looking at and oh she did cross uh-huh. crossroads uh-huh. with britney spears yeah, yeah right she did that cb4 yeah, is great with, uh, what's the same chris rock yeah chris rock chris rock CB4, is like the, e, the, the easy e right parody yeah that's what's up this and that's a distinct parody style film as well yeah like the rap mockumentary, the rap Spinal Tap, right? <laughs> that movie's great. Yes, that's what it was. Also, it's funny. I think it's funny that that the writing of this is funny. Like Chappelle's character Thurgood is obviously a reference to the first mm-hmm. black Supreme Court justice, right. right? His name's Thurgood. Like that's like g- giving this legendary name to this donor character. I don't know. It's fu- it's that's that's good writing. I think it's funny. The historical Inspired. stuff. Sounds like you kind of <laughs> like this movie, Lars. <laughs> I mean, you're right, right? It's like it's like I I'm like I hate this movie. Let me tell you everything about it, though. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, Chappelle co <laughs> Chappelle co wrote the movie. He's a good writer. But but having said all this, it's what like I guess I think sometimes like like you said earlier that LB you said like stoner humor. It's, you're not a fan of it necessarily, and I think it, I I feel you in that. Like you don't have to smoke weed to appreciate stoner humor, but like some stoner humor is funny and yeah. some yeah. isn't. You know what I mean? It just depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Smiley Face? No. Tell me about it. I have never seen that. Anna Ferris Smiley Face. It's just about a chick who's just trying to get high again, and she gets super high, and then goes on a quest in Southern California to get some more weed, and it's yeah. a really funny movie. Okay, I'll I'll look for that. It's on Tubi, I think, right now. Okay. Free. It's super funny. It's done by Greg Araki, who did Doom Generation and Nowhere. But it's so funny as a movie. And it's very funny because of the situations, but very funny Mm -hmm. because of her performance in it. But it is a pot movie, and that's something Elby likes. That movie. <laughs> pot movies? Not pot movies. You know, I do, no. what I do like about Half Baked is that it goes out of its way to make fun of, like, different types of stoners. Like, when it goes through uh, the John Stewart character, the Janine Garofalo character, and, right. and then it goes into... The cameo scenes. Yeah, all those cameo scenes, and then, like, it goes to, to MC Smokes a lot. Right. I, I, I do why didn't, like those. Why a lot. didn't you take that name, Lars? I mean, I, I don't think Chappelle would have been too happy with that. Oh, right, right, right. But it's perfect. Yeah, that's that's a kind of an iconic moment in the scene, right? All the different types of smokers. Mm-hmm. Man, freaking half baked. And, and it was just, it was like it was a surprise hit because like it. I was reading that it made what it made seventeen million dollars. The budget was eight million, and it was kind of panned at first. But like it was one of those movies that found its audience later. It became mm-hmm. a cult classic. And you know, movies that do that, you know, you gotta you can't deny that there is an art to that, and there is a. Uh, that's cool when that happens, but sometimes movies are panned initially for a reason. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. That's what's up. Have you guys ever seen ICP's movie, Big Money Hustlers? No, I read no. about it though. So uh, Harlan Williams plays the cop that Shaggy Two Dope works with, and he's so good in that movie. And that's where I first saw him. Um, really? So anyway, that's that was he like kind of saves that movie, <laughs> the, the ICP movie, which the Jerky Boys are also <laughs> in. Right? I don't know why I keep mentioning right. them. They're, they're not on my mind or anything. But no, not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you have to be stoned? This is a weird segue. Do you have to be stoned? And I don't know because I've never been to read. Infinite jest or understand it. I think being high while reading that book would be really confusing. But but it does have a lot. I mean, a lot of the themes are about addiction. And there's a character who's definitely in rehab for marijuana addiction, which so it might like trip you out. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So that's not the worst since we were talking about Half-Baked. That's not the worst segue. That's a good segue. Because, all right. Hey, yay me. You know, I was a little bit intimidated to talk to you, Lars, because you're such a like, like smart, well-read, like articulate kind of guy. And he seemed to understand what <laughs> Bitcoin and blockchain's all about. <laughs> hey, well, because yeah. I hang out with y- y'all on podcasts. I learned from you guys. So <laughs> ah. that's nice, though. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I gathered on my cliff note so I can keep up. But you have a new record coming out and there's a song on it about the book Infinite Jest that we just mentioned. Yes. Called right. Finite Jest is your song. Yes. Um, I find it so interesting that you wrote a song about Infinite Jest. Like... <laughs> since uh, since it's one of those books. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those... Um, what, what kind you, of book? You, you see this on Twitter a lot where people will be like, you know, if you're going on a date with somebody and you're at their house and you see their bookshelf, like what books on their shelf would you consider to be a red flag? And if, <laughs> like Infinite Jest is like always on the list. It's like Fight yeah. Club... This one, American Psycho, like, you know, all the like cool mid 90s novels. Right. So I think it's really cool that you wrote a song about it. But I just wanted to ask you, like, what do you feel about like red flag novels in this regard? (laughs) I think that's a great question. I think that that book specifically trends sometimes on social media as being part of that meme of like a warning sign for dating someone because it's so Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to read and it's so like discursive and so long and it's like. 1400 pages 200 of which are footnotes you have to keep flipping back to and some of those footnotes have footnotes and it's an exhausting book to read but people who read it love to celebrate the fact that they did and talk about it and I guess I'm guilty of that there's like a whole subreddit of people trying to analyze that book like 
like with uh, posts every day with quotes from it, like trying to pick it apart. I think part of it is like David Foster Wallace is a polarizing figure because, you know, he was very skeptical of postmodernism and the way that the idea that like the way you detach from the world is by ironically taking apart all the things that people celebrate, making fun of them. And his whole point with Infinite Jest was kind of like, why don't we just find joy in real life? Why are we so obsessed yeah. with our screens? Why are we so obsessed with popular culture? Like the plot of the book is there's this video. If you watch it, you die. And and so, but, but David Foster Wallace is kind of polarizing because he tried to date a woman and she wouldn't date him. And he was like kind of annoying to her. And, and he was definitely like a, a weirdo to her. And so she wrote an essay about it and like rightfully so put him on blast for being like kind of creepy, which she should have done. And I think that's like tarnishes his legacy. But yeah, he's he's problematic in that way because he reflects this. I don't know this identity of like the cisgender white male who knows everything and say, and and mm-hmm. thinks that like he has all the answers. You know, like the the man's right. explaining person, which which I think is um, people who read Infinite Jest try to act like they know everything and use big words. And I'm realizing that my explanation of that book falls into that <laughs> description. Hey, no, 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 It's kind of hard being Hal in Condensa, hey, because I'm not okay, and something's wrong. I call my brother Orrin and I quote a Beatles song to make a long story short, well, my daddy died. He microwaved his head, now I wonder why. There's a piece of him left beyond the kitchen, a video, in fact. It's history rewritten. Please forgive this apple faces, because my life's been stuck in stasis. Concavity is growing, and I don't think I can face it. Be a pro in the show, this I know is my dream. But these cartridges they're mailing out are not quite what the scene. While my brother keeps on filming, balanced, leaning to the side, like a Foster Wallace novel, counting footnotes piled high. I stuck him with the shovel And then I watched the moon take the form of the devil Canadian wheelchair assassins on the go Like a Northport Kerouac terminus I'm home A legacy from dad to show me that I'm not alone He freaking took the video and freaking stuck it in his dome Holographic experiments My father had hella like a Tupac set With Snoop at Coachella Wait, that's in the future Confusing chronology, technology, mythology A literary oddity Postmodern in the cutest of terms When will Brett Easton Ellis ever relax and learn? Sure, it's not linear Thinking I might go Ricky Case on these fools American Psycho Son. But would I want my future self to tell me now? Maintain my mental health? Get through this all somehow? Will they remember me when I forget how I got to this place? Quarantine and upset. It's a fallacy. Got the talent see, acting tragically. In it house. Wow. Can they make me malice free? Honestly, it's been a rough summer, G. I promise thee. If I can leave teenage me, you will never see. But what's this? It's a message from my pops. Sent beyond the grave. That dude never stops. Kid 
at a tennis academy in Massachusetts, and then we did the Teenage Dirtbag Chorus because he's a teenager, and that makes sense. And I want to shout out Weedus for doing this song with me. And uh, also, I recommend you read the book, and uh, that's all. Okay, so listening to the song is a little bit obtuse because I haven't read the book. I've only read the Wikipedia on it because I'm dyslexic and I really don't want to struggle for years on a book (laughs) (laughs) because I just get sleepy because my eyes dart around so much looking and and changing the structure of the page that I'm reading. It really does. I read two sentences and then I skip down to the fifth sentence. I I will say, Andrew, that... My eyes just automatically do that. The audible reading of it, after I read it, I listened to it. It's really good. The guy does all the voices. You don't need to read it. You just need like 40 hours (laughs) of of time. So if if that's the only thing stopping you but maybe yeah, other things okay. stopping you so i just wanted to give the audible a plug. no no that's pretty yeah. much it i i do like the audiobooks and stuff like that so i, I really like the song i really like that you've mm-hmm. got but when i mean obtuse is that i'm not actually in on it and i think that if you had read it or been really like super deep into at least the cliff notes of it you'd understand the song more you know what i mean but i like that you you point out that it's just hamlet i like <laughs> right. that it takes a lot of pressure if you know hamlet me, yeah because you know? i'm very and familiar with hamlet is, uh, last poor York. I knew him well. Uh, he was a fellow of infinite jest. Like that, the n- title of the book is a reference uh-huh. to the s- right. soliloquy. So he was aware of what he was doing. That's great. Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of like purposeful um, references to Hamlet throughout. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's. That's cool. I like me some Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I Hamlet. Do. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, not to be a jerk and cut off this conversation Here, here's another segue jerk hey <laughs> let's go on to your alternate film the film you do like in comparison to the previous one half-baked that you don't like which is well let's lead up to it so this movie was produced by touchstone pictures produced by emilio yeah, emilio estevez it was pushed back many months it was scheduled to come out the same check it out the same month period as pulp fiction dumb and dumber the santa claus interview with the vampire Star Trek Generations and Stargate. This movie was supposed to come out during like that period of those movies. It got pushed back to early 2000, sorry, early to 1995 on an $8 million budget. It made $7.6 million and it featured the Academy Award winning actor, Alan Arkin. So that- Holy crap, right? When I saw his name in the credits- I was like, okay, I'm on board already. <laughs> I love him. You would so saying all that background, you're like, wow, this must be an epic '90s movie. What Disney movie <laughs> right. is this? What Touchstone uh-huh. Pictures classic is it? So I'll let I'll let you all reveal what movie I love. It's the Jerky Boys. Only in America could two lowlifes from Queens. What are you doing? Oh, oh, touch a nation so deeply. Watch this. Oh, I got hemorrhoids bad. <laughs> As the Jerky Boys. Which book can I show you? Who the hell is this? Frank Rizzo, open your ears, jackass. God bless America. We're the best. Tough guy, sizzle chest, nut job. That's the sickest thing I ever heard in my life. I like the Turkey Boys, the movie. Your mother's very proud of you. Rated R. Which, I'll tell you, honestly, when uh, all the guys that I worked with, when this came out at the grocery store, they were into the jerky boys and that kind of crass sort of humor prior to the movie. Uh, So that just turned me off. I was a square, and I still am a square. If if ever in person I say any crass humor, it's absolutely because the joke must be spoken if it's going to land or not. And it's not because I'm actually in my mind crass. Right. Joke won't live if you don't say it, you know, that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. But these kids were actually pretty crass and this was their sense of humor. So I was just like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'll distance myself. But then I saw this movie also a first for me and Elby for you. Yes, I avoided it uh, growing up, too. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. There are parts that aren't great, but I like the movie. Yeah. Again, I will shut up in just a moment. It reminds me of those movies that came out in the late 80s into the 90s, like Tougher Than Leather, some Fat Boys moments. 
Mm. These urban set, somewhat crime capers, but pretty harmless for the most part films. And they're kind of madcap, kind of zany. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like a spate of them for a while. This was like not a cash cow, but like a sleeper. These things would be made and they would make just enough. However, this one didn't. (laughs) Nope. It's probably at the end of it. Not quite enough. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I like it. Well, LB, what what did you think about it, seeing it for the first time? I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Like, I didn't really think it was going to have much uh, going for it. Like, I didn't really get how you could turn prank phone calls by these guys, like, into a feature film. But, uh, you know, I read up on them afterwards and I realized that uh, the characters that they're doing in the film are a lot of the characters that they would do in their prank calls. So it kind of seems easy. But I'm going to say thank you for making us watch this because I had a really good time with it. I remember in the 90s, because I was really into music, I was really into alternative music. I, I was the the kid that like ordered all the catalogs from indie labels and things like that you know like I was one of those kids so I paid more attention to the soundtrack to the Jerky Boys than the actual film which that gave me a little nostalgia um, going into uh-huh, this uh-huh, you know uh-huh. yeah so yeah yeah so yeah yeah it was a really good time and thank you for recommending it hey good I'm glad you liked it and this, <laughs> I would agree the soundtrack is like singularly dope like like Green uh-huh. Day and House of Pain and the Beastie Boys and Coolio and like it's got some amazing songs. Collective Soul, Helmet, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what the yeah, yeah Helmet's okay. in the movie. I, I, I'm gonna interject Helmet. <laughs> that scene happens, and I'm like, uh, why is Ozzy not okay? Fine, <laughs> Ozzy's not singing. He's just a manager for some reason. Okay, and then this band steps up, and I'm like, immediately I say, that's Helmet, or is that Helmet? Yeah, and confirmed it was but i don't know the song i just know what those dudes look like and their major hits or singles they played on 120 and whatever but i was like that is helmet yeah it was like why is helmet on stage in this goofy film but i love how helmet is like we're hard and heavy but we're also just dudes with short hair and ball caps i love that about them they uh especially the song so the song they're covering is symptom of the universe which is a black sabbath song so that's why ozzy's their manager that's like a funny nod to Okay, yeah, see, I'm right. ignorant of the old classic hard rock because my brother was a big old metalhead type dude and he, he and I didn't get along. And uh, yeah, so I wrote off almost, you know, he liked U2 and I was like, no, no, you 2s no. I always thought that U2 was metal until I heard Joshua Tree. And I was like, oh, oh, that's, oh, that's fine. That's but right. anyway, that's I, a digression. I have funny stories. In Warp Tour 2015, we played Anchorage, Alaska, and I shared a van from the from the airport to the hotel with the helmet guys. And I was like, really? I am not Whoa. I'm like, I am not not gonna talk to the singer Paige about what it was like <laughs> to be in the Jerky Boys movie. Paige <laughs> Hamilton. And you best believe, like the whole 45 minutes of hotel, I was asking him <laughs> so many questions <laughs> about their character. And I, good. I, and I think he was like, he was like, this has never happened. I've never been stuck in a van with someone who wants to talk to you about this. <laughs> <laughs> this weird this weird asterisk in my career but like apparently they, they just the, the jerky boys liked helmet and they liked heavy music and they wanted a minute and so he kind of knew the knew them but didn't really but i don't know if you remember so that you know when they start playing and since the jerky boys are like not actually uh, roadies they they set up the, yeah. the guitar wrong and then it like sparks out do you remember that, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. P- Paige was saying that they put a rocket on the neck of the guitar and it sh- shot up and it almost took his eye out and he sh- and he he yanks Whoa. his head back and that's why it was so like so realistic that like he was that he he acts so shocked that his guitar blows up. So he says that was what happened there and that that, that he was lucky he didn't get his eye taken out on the set oh of the Jerky Boys movie. Wow. But he said how like excited he was to meet Ozzy and like mm-hmm. yeah be in it and that that's interesting though that um yeah that you recognize them right away because when I first saw this movie when yeah. I was like thirteen or, or twelve I didn't know uh, Helmet but but mm-hmm. I had to go I I had the soundtrack. And I discovered, mm-hmm. and so I went and listened to them, 
but I would. But anyway, that's what's up. Helmet. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask you when you actually watched these movies first. I understand when you watched a uh, half baked first, but this one you said thirteen or so. Yeah, I was. Uh, How did you get a hold of it? <laughs> so was I it cable or video? No, tape? I bought. I think I bought it used, like at the at a, the warehouse, which was like a place you could rent movies. Yeah, and I, I remember the warehouse. I bought it warehouse used. Those cassettes. They had Sorry. cassettes. They had. Uh, no, no, yeah, ex- exactly. The warehouse was like my whole place where I learned about pop culture. But my my connection with the Jerky Boys is kind of like, I'll just tell it real quick. Back in like the 90s, like 93, 92, I learned how to code HTML websites. And I had a website where I reviewed prank call tapes when I was like in sixth grade. <laughs> and, I'd, and I got this and I, and I reviewed tapes. And somehow I got a hold, someone found it. And then I someone mailed me as a trade, a copy of the rare, like uncensored, really like hard to find oh boy. Jerky Boys cassette that like they got signed from but it had a bunch of calls that were so offensive they never put them out so i was the only website on the internet where if you go- if you googled jerky boys bootleg my site would come up so people would always trade me all this weird stuff for me to dub this cassette and that's how i got into hip-hop people would make mixtapes wow. or different bands so yeah the jerky boys were my inroad to being mc lars that's amazing <laughs> wow. thank you for indulging that story Gosh. no that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome De- tell me that it's you can go to web archive you know you can <laughs> look it's, it up it's on there yeah i I, uh, I made some friends there that i still in t- am in touch with from when i was like a kid and they'd mail them to my dad's p.o box for his work and he'd bring home these tapes and it was mr nose man and that was my that was my screen name and that was so everything addressed <laughs> to mr nose man would come to me and he's like what what is this stuff people are sending you so why is nose why is nose man because that was like a care a superhero character i made up so that was my like oh. my character name on aol back when i was talking to well, you, you andrew on, on aol yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> way way back then wow. yes i i had a character named cheese boy so i'm Oh, that's I'm not much better than Mr. Nose Man. Man, this is fun reminiscing about this stuff with y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I appreciate I, talking about it. I'm so yeah. jealous you got to geek out on Helmet in a <laughs> van in Alaska. Yeah, that like, was a great what? day. That was a really special day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like, what life, the little moments life gives you, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the Jerky Boys movie, both Half-Baked and the Jerky Boys movies are, like, offbeat buddy comedies based on, like, the underground culture of illegal <laughs> prank calls and, and weed. But Pot. they're both movies that, like, found their audience later, and they're both movies that say a lot about mainstream comedy. I feel like Half-Baked says a lot about how comedy still is. And, but the Jerky Boys movie is, like, how the movie industry used to be if you make this underground mm-hmm. tape you can make the singular thing that howard stern will play you'll get a record deal you'll get grammy nominations disney will, will make an eight million dollar movie for you and all on the on the strength of prank phone calls now media is so saturated everything's so digital like that could never happen in 2021 but mm-hmm. the fact that it did makes that movie so interesting as a piece of like cultural nostalgia for me you know what i mean totally yeah among those movies was penn and teller get killed wow I've never seen that. Yeah, that I mentioned. Where exactly like somebody has a gimmick and they just go, "Wait, we can let's let's make a movie out of that gimmick." When that was they're magicians and they can do terrible things to themselves and not be hurt because it's all fake. Right. But here it's the phone call uh, with the rapper acts. It was them being wacky rappers, like the Fat Boys being wacky rappers. Yeah. Or the tough, tougher than leather. Uh, run DMC, tough rappers, you know, <laughs> tougher than they actually are. Uh, well, maybe, maybe most of them, one of them, rest in peace, mm. was pretty tough. That yeah, you know, he, Jam Master J. That was a tough, um, tough way out for him. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. That's but what, that's uh, what's up. I know, right? That's just, the story. Was what he was working with Fifty Cent's crew, and there was a beef. That's apparently the story I heard. And um, I think it was some sort of deal. It, it just sounds so much like a TV show that they would be making now for stars. It's so sad, man. That guy. And yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, um, Jerky oh, Boys. Uh, speak, yeah, well, speaking of that, my old. I found my old website on a, a flash disk. Uh, it was a flash website. Um, it's a zombie themed thing, and. I had a gravestone that had R.I.P. J.M.J. on it. Mm. I was actually paying homage. I wasn't being uncouth about it. But, like, I re- realize now that might not be a good look. You were celebrating him. I just him. confessed it to the world. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I was big on those guys for a long time. You know what's interesting is how DMC and Run don't really get along. Like, if you've read, um, DMC wrote two books. The second one is called How Not to Commit Suicide. It's about his coming back from his depression from, like, Mm -hmm. after the end of Run DMC. But the other one is called Down with the King, and it's about the rise of Run DMC. But the second book shows how 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide shows how, like, he and Run really grew apart. And when DMC lost his voice, Run was kind of like... I'm done with you. Like, it's your fault. Run DMC is over. And there was a lot of acrimonious fighting. And it's just like a sad story that like, similarly with the Jerky Boys, I think it's worth mentioning that they broke up after the Mm -hmm. like third record. And Johnny now does it all solo. Kamal did a solo album. He produced some uh, movies. He directed some movies. And the last time they were together was on the set of the ICP movie, but they wouldn't do scenes together. So that's interesting. Like that movie led to the downfall of the, of the Jerky Boys as a unit, which which is sad, you know? That's sad. Were they were they like Al, yeah. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Heat were like just they wouldn't be in the same scene, but they were in the movie. Ah, interesting. That's a, well that was kind of the jerky the ICP movie, definitely. Yeah, they wouldn't uh-huh. be in scenes together. <laughs> <laughs> But they could say featuring the Jerky Boys, like that was right. on the uh, poster. And uh, in I, in Violent that's J's crazy. book, he talks about how that is so foreign him that he could never do that to Shaggy because that's his boy. You know, that's Aww. some juggle of friendship. Aww. Fam, whoop, they're, whoop. they're good guys. They're good, they're guys. good guys. You know, yeah. you know, uh, on this show, I I once disparaged the uh, <laughs> the Juggalo family Ooh. as a, a, the butt of a joke, <sighs> and then immediately our guest Emilio who's a pretty funny guy well, like took me over and was like no way man they're great and I was like yeah you're right because I've seen the documentaries that are making fun of them and everything but also like they're such positive people mm. every one of them brain cells or not they're all happy or, or at least trying their hardest to be and yeah I've been shown the error of my ways is what I'm <laughs> I mean it's Andrew it's also like it's an easy it's it's an easy punchline like man fruit. He's he's a piece of he's a piece of crap. He's a juggalo. He doesn't know how magnets work. Aha! It's like a very 2000, 2009. No, the easy magnet punchline. song I love. I love the magnet song because I'm not all that academically educated. I'm kind of an autodidact, but science stuff. I went to a private Christian school and they didn't know how to teach me. And their science department, they just didn't have me in it. So they went like, uh, you sit over, you go over here and look at blades of grass or something. And I don't know a lot of science stuff like how magnets work naturally so that song came out and i was like yeah (laughs) how do they work (laughs) yeah we were in nashville at the time too ah that was around the time when you put me on the guest list i think yeah we were in nashville not going to your show that's true yeah i was (laughs) bummer what's wrong with us no, you, no, that I put you on a show. I think I put you on a show in yeah, yeah, two thousand nine, and that song came out. Yep. Yeah, around then. That's good. That's true. That's yep. good. Good memory. Yep. Mm-hmm. Point mm-hmm. is, Lars, can you please explain magnets to us right now? Right now. The thing uh. about yeah, I actually have a song. I have a song called Schrodinger's Cat, where I uh. explain magnets. Y'all know the concept of Schrodinger's cat, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Good. So there, ICP had the, these people on their label called Twisted, and it was these two rappers from East Detroit that they had mentored and like given a career and gotten signed and then these guys left them and there was a whole bunch of beef but the people who left ICP's label were still like happy to claim being juggalos and use all the branding to their advantage so I used mm. I talked about how that's like Schrodinger's cat being both alive and dead and <laughs> I right. and I talk about how Magnus worked through unpaired electrons that both repel and attract each other and that's kind of like a metaphor for how friendships can go wrong so if you think of your 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 best friend who's pissed you off that's like how to think about a magnet you know wow that's a metaphor though how are you so smart yet you bring us these two dumb movies (laughs) yeah that's a compliment and and it's also because i think dumb things i love stupid things and i love i love things like i wouldn't say stupid i think that like you can get a lot out of things that are that don't seem to have depth like Mm -hmm. i don't know what is it uh the greek philosopher aishlius said it's a wise thing to seem foolish I think that like if you can, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of depth in, in stup- stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, okay. So, so I've seen, uh, and, and we've all seen a lot of comedies, and there's some really stupid comedies. I love the movie Masterminds. It's uh, by Jared Hess, and it's a based on a true story. But they took this true story and turned it into one of the dumbest capers in the world. Zach Galifianakis and company are in that. Mm. It's 
so funny to me, and it is such a stupid movie. Everything is perfectly stupid in it. Yet, it's made by people who know exactly and crafted exactly how stupid it was. Yeah. It's a craft. So, yes, absolutely. I understand that. <laughs> I think some stupid things are accidentally good or more good than expected to be. And that's how Jerky Boys was for me. It was better than I expected it to be at all. That's awesome. I think that the main issue is like, if you take a comedy act that's based upon improvised comedy, that's kind of like guerrilla style, like dumb phone jokes, and then you take those characters and script them, like all the calls pretty much are verbatim recreations of calls from their album. So mm-hmm. LB mentioned the characters. The characters are there, but like most of the dialogue when they're on the phone is just word for word, the characters doing their songs from their from their albums, their calls, they're not oh, okay. songs. So that's, so if you're a fan, if you have, have all the albums memorized, it's like so fun to be like oh yo each line yo and the, the characters <laughs> yeah. like sparky the clown the clown that created the birthday massacre that was like mm-hmm. a side care that was like someone they called who does child birthday parties that um they wanted to invite to like a weird party and they kind of like make fun of them but that's one of the people who they played a joke on that they then got got an agreement from like he signed a release to be a character in the movie stuff like that wow. so <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, wow. Jerky Boys movie. Yep. <laughs> it's more creative than you think. Don't sleep on it. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-year-old movie. Don't sleep on it. Yeah, it's just decent. Try to find it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> How did you all find it? Where did you dis- Where did um, you see it? Did you tore it? Looking on the internet, on yeah. places on the internet. Yeah, it's not like uh, on Netflix, is it? No. 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 No, it's not something. on Disney Plus. Yiffy. I'll tell you that. Yiffy, I think it was Yiffy. It's not on Disney Plus. It should be though. If the Ewok movies, <laughs> it are. should be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, right, right. I don't think Europe e- even has. Europe has all the rated R Disney stuff on their Disney Plus, but uh, I don't think that's available either. Can I read you a quote from the New York Times review? That's so funny. Uh, like how the press responds to movie. So the, the title, the title of the article is "If the Jerky Boys Call, Take the Phone Off the Hook." The New York Times <laughs> review. How idiotic does the Dumb and Dumber school of film comedy have to get before its teenage and younger audience turns away in disgust? The Jerky Boys, the movie, may prove to be the acid test. Co-starring John G. Brennan and Kamal Ahmed, the popular telephone pranksters from MTV, the movie is virtually jokeless, unless the constant repetition of familiar Jerky Boys epithets like sizzle chest and liver lips and many others that are unprintable is the same thing as telling jokes. (laughs) (laughs) it's a great first paragraph for a movie review (laughs) so funny so good so good okay i don't i I get liver lips i get liver lips but i want to know what sizzle chest is what is that exactly i mean the the, yeah the thing about an italian with too much uh chest hair and sunscreen on or suntan oil yeah i think that's probably yeah someone yeah i've never thought about it but like hanging out at the beach they would just put words together they just put weird words together Mm -hmm. and then say them and that's an example of that the other funny like soul coughing right two words that don't make sense does right yeah and then put it together and it suddenly becomes like oh yeah that makes sense that's an insult yes (laughs) (laughs) all right sizzle chest and the the other one is why the why the why the character Frank Rizzo, who I later learned was like this racist mayor from Philly. That's his oh, name wow. is actually Frank Rizzo, but but this the whole character. Like anyway, did you all know that that was a real person, but no. not from no. New York? Yeah. Wow. No. no. So Frank Rizzo and the statue was just taken down because he was famous for like he was kind of brutal against he was kind of racist apparently, and he had a corrupt police force, so they just tore the Frank Rizzo statue down. So you know the Jerky okay. Boys fans weren't happy about that but <laughs> and johnny brennan last year put out his first record in like 16 years it came out and they do saw saw rosenberg does pranks like about um there's like a robot dog that's loose like they update the pranks and it's actually it was like entertaining to listen to that during covid their first record in like 15 years i think or 18 wow. years so had to shout out that yeah does he still have the bullet no no he don't. what did y'all think about his uh his style their I kind of like it. Uh, Honestly, well, I kind of like it. I pointed it. out that he looks a lot, a lot like Sean Astin. Yeah. Yes. I he noticed does. that too. I was just watching him like, he looks like Sean Astin, like post Encino Man, Sean Astin. Yeah. yeah. That's true. They could be related. Yeah, they really could be. How did they come across as actors to you? Because one of the criticisms is like, they're funny on the phone, but on the camera, they just, they're just they just so like unappealing. Uh, Kamal, yeah. I th- is it, that's his name, Kamal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think he's charismatic at all. I think he's kind of a vacuum. The other dude, I, you just said his name. Johnny. I don't remember. His Johnny. Name. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Johnny, I think, has more of a command. But, I mean, this is their first time acting, right? Yeah, first and last. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. You know you know where Johnny <laughs> Brennan made all his money, though? I'm sure you both researched this. No, no, oh, no. LB may have. Uh, I didn't. He does lots of voices on Family Guy. He does Mort Goldman. Oh, what? He does Horace the Bartender. Like, he does a lot of... So, Seth MacFarlane, right? He was a fan of the Jerky Boys, so he hired him to do voices because he knew that he would do the same character voices on the show so that's where he made all his money well that's not surprising well, at all that's that's actually nice though when somebody yeah. likes your stuff and is like brings you along that's neat yeah that's tight that's that's a nice end of story for him and johnny brennan's very nice on facebook like we're friends on facebook and he was asking me questions about how to launch his patreon and he'd watch my freestyle Aww. live streams like he's a great dude for someone who having your a movie bomb and getting dropped from your label that could be the end of the world or that could launch like an interesting indie career in comedy and uh, multimedia and and he did the, he did the latter and then kamal directed movies and they survived and i think that's the happiest ending to the jerky boys movie story yeah. that those guys still got to do what they wanted after their movie was a colossal failure yeah, i'm really <laughs> glad that you had us watch it when i told lb i was like i don't know i don't know these two <laughs> movies i've never seen them all the way through and i've never definitely never seen jerky boys at all i've seen some of half-baked especially the key scenes you know yeah but i was like eh, i don't know we'll see <laughs> and then yeah and you've got this podcast out of it that's what's up. What did you, which did you like more? I guess we, I, I know the answer, but what, did, yeah, you do. What did, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Uh, it's jerky boys. Yeah. Jerky boys all the way. Do you ever have guests on that you disagree like profoundly with? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, wow. dude. What's the absolutely. most famous uh, we, example of that, that you could share? Oh, the last episode, <laughs> which just dropped. Okay. Black Christmas. Our, our guest did not like Black Christmas. The remake. 2006. The remake of Black Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 2006. And I love that movie. Mm-hmm. As far as a slasher goes, it's one of the only slashers I stand behind, including its marred history with the Weinstein's making it worse or gorier than it should have been, etc. It's still an actually beautifully shot film and rather suspenseful and original take on a old hackneyed topic. And our guest didn't think that at all which is but fine that was though. nice to what did you compare it <laughs> yeah. the new one with the old one or just another movie the very original and the 2006 remake uh the so they don't have to be th- so so that's interesting so they don't oh, no, what they, no 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 her her comparison was actually um to house, house of wax, wax the remake ah, okay yeah. so it was two okay middle aughts remakes another one was fight club and tokyo fist mm. I don't know this the second one. Tokyo Fist is a Japanese film. Okay. It's not bad at all. It's a good, brutal, weird Japanese film. But our guests like the brutal and weird Japanese over David Fincher and the Fight Club and they found Fight Club to be just kind of performative and fakey about it all. What about the and twenty like, what? The twenty nineteen yeah. Black Christmas. Did that come into the conversation? I know they remade it a few years a ago. Barely barely just enough to get my brief opinion which is i think it's bad mm-hmm. but that's what's up so you two are are definitely cinephiles so much uh, so you have a podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah. good work yeah but we like to look we don't want to just talk crap about movies right. we want to talk about them period and this format is fun i think mm-hmm. and it gets us to agree or disagree and sometimes don't know that we agree sometimes right. we go in with preconceived ideas like this one mm-hmm. like jerky boys what right who whoever would say that andrew bargerod likes jerky boys it's <laughs> true the um if their the best album is the first one uh, it's on spotify i know you probably have tons of content that you're encouraged to consume but like if you ever have a free 40 minutes and to put and you want to put something on that's very funny like that album is so funny that it still makes me laugh i've heard it a hundred times when steve albini pitched to nirvana that he wanted to record in utero he knew that dave grawl was a fan of that record so he quotes from that album in his letter kind of inviting them to let him produce <laughs> that record it's like it's one of those albums that just has so much weird connections 
outside of yeah. the little world existence. So I, I think that's a classic. That's one of the best comedy records ever made. The first Jerky Boys album, Holler. Wow. It makes them kind of like an urban legend almost. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, the Jerky Boys are this thing from the past. Did they really happen? They, Were they real? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. The movie or just the fact that they exist? Yeah, the fact that they exist. Yeah, they're comedy Cthulhu with their tendrils. <laughs> in right. a lot of different people's yeah. uh, well, here's another yeah. here's another example of that like when Jerky Boys 2 came out their Grammy nominated follow up on the same day it came out the Radiohead's Pablo Honey came out and Pablo Honey was number one on the charts and Jerky Boys 2 was number two on the charts and Pablo Honey that album title is a reference to a call from their original bootleg that was on the second Jerky Boys album <laughs> so for, for a month, so Radiohead loved them too so for one minute both the albums on the top pop charts were Jerky Boys <laughs> related. So that's that's a funny story. You know, everybody Pablo, yeah. wow. everybody Pablo thinks Pablo that, yeah. Yeah. everybody thinks Radiohead is so serious and pretentious, but like they're totally not. <laughs> but there's Jerky Pablo Boys. Look, honey. Yeah, it's uh, that's a very 90s moment. That was 90, uh, February 93. Wow. That's amazing. So, wow. Holler. That's... <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, so fun. I just felt joyful talking about this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we need right now, and that's why this is dropping in December. Uh, most joyful time of the year. It should be, and yet it often isn't. So here's some joy for you guys. Well, you've already listened to this podcast if you got to this part, so... <laughs> Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. And I hope you enjoyed Mick Lars, MC Lars. I'm just joking with Mick. That's fine. Mick I, Lars, it's like McDonald's. I appreciate <laughs> you both. When Mark Hoppus had me on his podcast years ago, he, he that was a big part of his bit, calling me Mick Lars throughout the interview. And really? it was funny. It was, I had no idea. That's it was very that's... funny. I get it a lot. And um, it, I don't, it doesn't bother me because like, I'm part Scottish, so it might make sense. Oh, oh that's awesome. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So it's, but so Mick it's Lars... The... <laughs> You, it's you not me. just something I made up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my, my <laughs> grandmother's maiden name was Coughlin. She's uh, uh, Scottish as well, I do believe. Scottish? I think Scottish. Or maybe Irish. Whatever. They're all the same to me over there. That's Oh, yeah, those in white people. Those white Even people though. in the UK. <laughs> 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 those mutts. Their strange yeah. teeth and weird bones. Yeah. And uh, global domination. <laughs> yeah. Those fools. All there. Anyway. Yeah. All the same. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other hey, podcast. That's another. That's the uh, that's the anti-colonial podcast <laughs> episode. Right. <laughs> right. I I have to tell you all. I did. I'm, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to big up myself, but I did six podcasts today, and this because wow. I tried to just line them up. This one is the one where I laughed the most. So thank Yay. you. Oh yes, yeah. And, and this I'm not gonna. I, I, they're all fun, but this one definitely like has a special place in my heart because you kind of just let the conversation go and you let me talk about something I really care about, and you're both very inviting and sweet. And so um, I really enjoyed this. And and maybe if you ever need more movies compared later, yes, hit yes. me up. You're welcome yeah, back. Absolutely. Come back. Absolutely. Come back. Like, uh, I wouldn't invite. I'm not trying to invite no, myself back, back anytime. but thank no, you. No, yeah, yeah, look, invite yourself <laughs> by all means. Whenever That's you think, up. whenever you think of two movies that you're like, oh, yeah, oh crap, Honestly, I need to just like need drop to us a line. Yeah, have, have, have you ever have you ever done Roger Rabbit and Cool World? Or would this, no, is bring it no, up now, but I, I did. I had yeah. a weird podcast. We did do Cool World. Okay, but um, that was a different podcast though. Years ago. So, yeah, we can do that Roger again. Rabbit I can cool make world. LB suffer some <sighs> because uh, Cool World. Yeah. Mm. Heavy. Uh, some tasty, tasty nonsense. I love Roger Rabbit so much. I made an album about it on the 30th anniversary. So that's like my favorite movie of all time. Wow. I saw your shirt. I saw I, your shirt. I referenced him in all, in all my merch. <laughs> Maybe not. Not. Yeah. So, but. Um, that's why the shirt. Okay, the that album. makes sense. Yeah. I love Roger Rabbit as well. So, nice. all right, Yo! you just tilt it. Okay, you're a cartoonist. Hey, so, you're an artist. That's why you have good taste. Yeah, I am. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. That's what's up. Look out, we're all friends now. Yeah. I wish we'd met at that show. We would have gotten an eleven-year head start. I know. I know. That would have been great. I'm sorry for not going. LB apologize. <laughs> I didn't even make you feel bad. I didn't even make you feel bad. I was just searching my emails. Like, oh yeah, we do know each other. No, hey, I would have gone. I wonder what but, we like, were doing. Were we just sitting around eating yeah. ice cream or something? You were probably probably. I don't know. Watch. You were. 
probably, I was going to say, thinking about not watching the Jerky Boys movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Probably. We're probably being snobs. Look, we're trying Maybe. hard to shake the cinephile snob thing. It's hard. It's very difficult. That's also part of the reason for this show. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. this thing that happens online a lot in, in social media it's that um, people are really scared to say that they don't like a movie because they think that they're going to get dogpiled on for a movie opinion, which is ridiculous. It's a movie mm. opinion. It's a movie. So, like, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to try to promote the idea that you can say that you don't like a movie. It's okay. I can't leave it at that, though. We can't leave it there. We have to then follow up with, well, what do you you like? Yeah. There you so, go. Something yeah. positive. Yeah. 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 Well, I, there's so many. My weird podcast, What Did We Just Watch, wasn't about talking crap about movies. It was just talking about weird movies. And other podcasts with similar names would just be talking crap about the movies. I'm like, why? It's weird. So what? Let's talk about it. It's weird. It doesn't have to be bad. It's weird. Every movie says something about the time it was made, even if it's a story mm -hmm. that's not particularly original. And that's why I think it's worth analyzing and having these conversations, because it says something about where we were, where we are and where we're going, how we can reinterpret these stories. You mm -hmm. know? I mean, even I love your brain, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You got a great brain. Thank you. And I really appreciate it. That's yeah. what's up. Well, you both have great brains. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank Thanks for letting, and thanks for letting me shoehorn in my album plug. Like that was tight. I, I didn't want to, that was, I yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. That was cool of you guys. I mean, you, you got it dropping. So yeah, that, <laughs> this is, that saves us from doing this horrible skit that we usually do in the middle. So, <laughs> oh, so yeah. Okay. Well, you, I don't know. You should just go back and listen to every episode to find all those little middle breaks of <laughs> terrible and very humorous moments. So, right. Okay. Uh, LB raps at one point. Hey, so that's I, what's up. I forget what episode that. Yes, you did this cheerleader bit, I think. Oh, I don't know. I think I don't remember what episode, but you'll have to listen to them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I got homework. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Lars. Andrew. Peace. Bye. So, LB, what do you think of that there episode? That was a really good conversation, I thought. MC Lars is a very fun dude. Yep, he is. Did you ever... I mean, you, no. We've established this in this episode, that did you ever expect these two movies... Well, yes, you expected the first one, Half-Baked. The second one, Jerky Boys, to meet you as it did? <laughs> no. Not at all, right? Right. That's super strange. Maybe we just... It's 2021. It's been a bad time for two years. Maybe we just need this kind of thing, this kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really want to get into that whole, like, antipathy for 90s-style humor that's been going around, but I obviously don't agree with it. So I, I think we do need to kind of go back to this style of humor. So comedy's weird right now. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. It certainly is. It's well, it's been weird for the last 20 years, honestly. The worst of the worst is the stuff that's coming out straight to video on demand or whatever, uh, and they're like uh, knockoffs of American Pie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? You that know sort what? of stuff I don't need at all. Let's just say you should go to grumpire.com and look up an article about the movie PCU, the 90s movie. I think it was also 95. Hmm, yeah. Uh, 94, 95, I don't remember. Right. But, uh, yeah, Tyler Peterson wrote this really great article on PCU and how comedy has evolved in the past, what, 30 years? Yeah. So just go to Grumpire and look that up. Now, in the middle of this episode, instead of our skit, we did the music break and we played mm -hmm. Finite Jest. And at, at the end of the song, I say that it's obtuse. And there's many definitions of obtuse. And I really just want to clarify that when I say obtuse, I just mean difficult to understand only because I hadn't read the book. I did read the mm -hmm. lyrics. It's a lot easier to understand when you're following along the lyrics. <laughs> but previously, I hadn't read the book. And still, I haven't. I can't in what? A week so i don't mean the number one definition which is annoyingly insensitive or slow to understand no i don't mean the annoying part i mean just <laughs> difficult to understand so you just, you just had to clarify that you weren't calling his song annoying <laughs> right right because he's lars is just sitting there going like yeah it's mm-hmm <laughs> to my response to it and i'm like am i using this word wrong and i don't know if he's thinking that i'm using annoyingly insensitive or just difficult to understand but it, it, it reveals about me more than it reveals about the song honestly so there you go that's it and speaking of 
Finite Jest. That is yeah. the second single. The first was Fear of Blockchain Planet. Obviously a reference to Fear of the Black Planet, so that's interesting. So, and the album comes out on the 17th. Is the album also called Fear of a Blockchain Planet? No, it's just Blockchain Planet. Oh, okay. So the album, to me, seems uh, kind of mature, you know? Well, well, I think he admittedly, in some of the tracks, gets a little angrier. Eh, mm. But for for him, it's not very... <laughs> it's not like he's pulling lyrical <laughs> gats on people. He's just he's, standing... He's, he's not actually Chuck D. No, he's, he's, just, uh, <laughs> he's just planting his feet a little more... F- not even firmly than prior, but he's... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and it's a little bit more personal. I do believe he's mm-hmm. got some tribute songs yeah. to family members of his, and yeah. uh, they're touching. Yeah, but of course, this whole thing also has humor and lit all over it. Like, Finite Jest is about a book, Infinite Jest. So, And actually, the, the discussion about it and bringing up Hamlet and all that stuff, actually, uh, it's very helpful to me since... I do like Hamlet a bunch, or a lot, mm-hmm. Hamlet, as a callback to what he said, Hamlet. <laughs> uh-huh. You can find MC Lars online at MC Lars on Twitter. You can you can follow his link tree from that Twitter. Just go to MCLars.com. You can find all of his links there too. He's on Spotify, Twitter. He has shows. He has mm-hmm. a podcast himself actually and he has a patreon and he has a tumblr where he houses his comics comics he makes his own comics like he yeah. does them oh yeah. they're old pc comics you know like microsoft paint type style oh. i don't know if that's what they're made out of but that's the style oh, okay and if you would like to find us how do we find ourselves Albie? well grumpire.com obviously um and then you can go to twitter at grumpire online also on Instagram, same thing at Vampire Online. And of <laughs> that's course, our web presence, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> go we to don't T really Public. have a link tree. You can go to T Public. T Public. Like we said. Dot com slash user slash Grumpire. Yeah, we don't have any sort of um, paywalls or, or Patreon or, or anything like that. We offer our website completely for free, podcast for free. So if you would like to support us, buying a t-shirt is a great way to do that. And yeah. you'll look cool. Or, or sexy, as it were. Yeah, sexy bastards. Well, this was a really fantastic episode. Yep. And I'm glad to have brought it to you guys. You just had it your little knapsack. Yeah, here you go. I brought it to you. No, I edited the whole thing together and I delivered it. Huh. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor delivering the baby of podcast. I don't right. know. Well, thanks, Andrew, and, and thanks, MC Lars. We're, uh, we're both named Andrew. I know. So, wh- who did you think? MC Lars! <laughs> That's what's up.